0: Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm JJ Walsh in Hiroshima, and today I am talking with Lauren Scharf in Kanazawa. Is it, Lauren? Yep,
1: Yep. actually up in Hakui right now, but based in the Kanazawa area.
0: And today we're going to be talking about some of Lauren's recent off the beaten track tricks, trips around the Hiroshima area and other off-the-beaten areas in Japan worth exploring, as well as some of your amazing restoration and reform projects in your minka, which I believe you're in right now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, in the living room, the one almost finished room.
0: (laughs) I hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, check out inboundambassador.com. And you can also find me on buymeacoffee.com slash jjwalsh to get some bonus information and insights from the series. So can you tell us a little bit about your company, Okuni?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Okuni uh, is a small travel company that I run together with my business partner, Julia Maeda. Uh, she's based in Tokyo, and I'm based here. And uh, we both have a about a 10-year background in travel. And uh, we both also have a passion for more of the off-the-beaten-track destinations, as you mentioned. Uh, Julia's husband is originally from Aomori and um, from living over here and on the Noto Peninsula and also other work I've done around Shikoku and uh, Sato Island, places like that. We really wanted to start a company that would help draw people away from Tokyo and Kyoto and show them that there's a whole country uh, besides those two destinations. So we started Okuni, uh, our target clients are kind of high end um, because we wanted to keep it very small so we figured fewer deep trips uh, worked better for us than many small trips so for that and to still earn a living, we decided to sort of target a, a higher higher uh, rate, but it's worked out well because one thing you, you might know about Japan is to travel, it helps to either be like a backpacker or or millionaire. It's difficult to get off the beaten track in between you know, because you need a driver and you need a translator usually and to get access into all those nooks and crannies, you need connections so you can fling on your backpack and just go for it. Um, but if you're coming overseas for your two-week holiday with your family, it helps to have the budget to uh, allow you access to these areas. And what we love is that these clients often get so passionate about the places we take them and the artisans that we introduce that they they spend money. I mean, they, they spend serious money, um, which makes the area you know know that it's doing the right thing and it helps support local artisans and local farmers and local little inns that maybe don't see that much traffic so it kind of works out for everybody
0: um i'm showing pictures right now of your recent trip to fukuyama and you went Uh, to kohei nawas buildings gorgeous
1: it's incredible yeah if you haven't gotten over there it's uh it's kind of arc-like um but just gorgeous architecture and you go inside and it's pitch black and you you have a little flashlight and you find your seat, only about 20 people at a time. But once you're in there, it's just black. And then slowly, what seems to be way in the distance, you start to see water and you see light and it's about a 25 minute just kind of light and sound meditation experience and really cool. And then you step out and you're in this you know, just surrounded by this beautiful traditional japanese garden and then a huge zen buddhist uh, temple and compound so it's it's kind of cool to have the, the contrast of the contemporary and the traditional yeah. Yeah, even definitely. on any day it was gorgeous
0: so, definitely and your picture is showing in the even in the garden so it looks like a traditional manicured garden and then in the front a bit more modern art type rock with formations that look like black snakes yeah. coming out amazing
1: yeah they've done that on purpose it's in the yucca family I think she said but they they cut it continually so that it never grows and it just stays you know like these weird little I don't know like lots of nessies or something kind of moving through there but um, there were people there with kids and you know not I don't have children I, I'm I'm an aunt, um, but I didn't raise them. So when I saw small children, I was thinking 25 minutes in the dark with like a six-year-old, really? But these kids were amazing. Um, As Julia pointed out later, I had to unzip my jacket at one point. She's like, I didn't hear the kids, I heard you. Right, Um, so obviously it's a great destination for, for families and adults and everybody, so.
0: Right, and you also visited Takehara, uh, mm. not far well in hiroshima fukuyama area uh it looks beautiful right now like kyoto mm. it's a great time to visit when there's a lot less people
1: um, Yeah, yeah basically the
0: streets and everything look amazing
1: yeah it was i had no idea i i didn't even know the name of the town and um we went to visit one specific property um naponia that's recently taken over some of those old houses and Done a beautiful job, Um, but we had some extra time, so we were just walking the streets, and yeah, so much old traditional architecture, really beautifully kept up. So that's what we love to find. Where people people have their preconceived ideas of Japan, but they think they can only see it in Kyoto, or you know, and to find it somewhere way off. With you know, this year it's you know they're, they're not big crowds anyway, but. Um, from talking to the staff there, they said even in, you know, pre-pandemic, pre, pre uh, pandemic, it was not ever mobbed. So to tell people you can have that experience and breathe um, something that will attract a lot of people, I think. So. Yeah, we went there. We went there that was a bit surreal. Like we, I had heard of Rabbit Island, but only Rabbit Island. I didn't know the history, and so um, one of our guides is also based in Onomichi. Uh, he's an American, and uh, so the first night when we got to Onomichi, he said, "Are you going to Rabbit Island?" And we're like, no, "Rabbits," and he's like, "No, but." There's this amazing history there where they used to manufacture poison gas and, and then it just all just came to a stop at the end of the war and somehow rabbits arrived and proliferated so now you have this contrast of all these little cute bunnies hopping all over the place against this background of you know these these empty abandoned uh, factories and laboratories and It's a little surreal and very Japanese to turn something like that into a tourist destination.
0: Uh, We we had a great talk with a documentary filmmaker in the series uh, talking about uh, documenting some of the stories from children at the time who were working in the poison gas factory. Um, So that was really interesting. You were also in in Setoda, which is a beautiful area along the Shimanami Kaido cycling route. A great right. port yep. town not far from Onomichi.
1: Right, right. So we did cycle there. Um, it's about 30 kilometers from Onomichi. So we rented bikes in the city and uh, cycled out there one afternoon. And it was a beautiful ride. And really, it's a, they've done a, an amazing job with that route. I mean, you're completely safe and away from cars for much of it. And each island has its own character. So... We found that interesting too. One of the islands is it Inoshima, the one in the middle, the one just before. It's very industrial, um, either factories, and then you get some agricultural farmland. But even that's really interesting. It may not be you know pristine scenic natural beauty, but it's it's kind of cool as an outsider to come in and see like what's going on in the real world and all these places. And then you cross over to the next island, and suddenly it's farmlands and little houses and little towns and. Um, We only got as far as Setoda. We'd like to come back and go all the way to Imabari. Um, But the the guide told us the further you go, the more natural and more scenic and um, more beautiful the ride gets.
0: I've been many times and discovered new things every time. It's always worth Mm -hmm. going back and and exploring a new part of it. You also stayed Mm -hmm. in this amazing new hotel, which is a restoration of an old, very old house. How was that? It looks amazing.
1: Yeah, the uh, Azumi Satoda. Yeah, it was amazing. It, it's apparently the newest project from Adrian Zeca. and he's the original mind behind Aman, the Aman properties, and um, so it's very contemporary. The, the restaurant and the lobby are in the old restor- restored house, so it has an old minka feel, and then the 22 rooms are in a new build but very traditional, very minimalist. It definitely has that Amon vibe. Um, The food was out of this world. I mean, seriously, one of the best meals we've had in Japan, which is saying a lot, because we get to eat a lot of amazing food. Um, The chef was trained in Kyoto, but he draws from a Southeast Asian palate, so just the flavors, and then everything is local. The fish, the vegetables, uh, everything is local, so that combination was just, dish after dish it was just it was amazing and very reasonably priced actually which was a relief because we ate it a lot <laughs> but uh, yeah i would highly recommend that for people looking for something uh, and that, a little that, like-
0: yeah it looks amazing and it falls into your love of restoring minka which we'll talk about your experience in a little yeah. while you were also in onomichi It's nice to visit. We Uh, were there not long ago. I think we're going again tomorrow. But again, there's lots of new things to discover every time.
1: Yeah, I really like the feel of that town. It has this really laid back vibe. Um, The people were really friendly and relaxed. A lot of younger people, you know, Japanese people seem to be moving there. I guess they have some projects where you can basically take an empty house either for little or no money, and if you renovate it, you get to keep it, you know, just trying to draw um, people away from the cities. So we met this wonderful young tea master, um, Genki, tea shop Gen. it's called, and he has his own tea fields, he, he does everything himself. He's basically kind of a one-man show and charming little tea shop where we did a tasting of like seven different kinds of natural teas that he brews. And, um, the bike guy, like I said, another young energetic guy, just, you know, really fun. I, the guy that I was mentioning, Peter, has a, a vintage clothing shop there called Tastemaker, right on a corner in an old building. Like a lot of old, like American clothes from the 60s, 70s and 80s. <laughs> so it's kind of nostalgic to walk into his shop and yeah, just a really good and great food. Uh, really good food. So definitely definitely worth a visit. And we stated a beautiful property there too. I guess there's two properties under the same management. There's the hotel log, which is a renovated, um, well, here we call the mansion, but, you know, an old apartment building. They renovated it from a, what didn't they tell us, like a 40, 40 apartment building into a six guest room hotel. <clears throat> um, very minimal. I mean, beyond minimalist. The, the six rooms are just shoji essentially you're in a white shoji box um so not for everybody perhaps but cool and for people into architecture the whole project would be interesting um and then next door they renovated two old traditional houses in minka style um and you rent the whole house so it's sort of a one-party rental and they did a beautiful job with those too so if you wanted the experience of living in a real traditional Japanese house for a couple nights, that would be a great option. It has a full kitchen, everything, so. What's interesting about Onomichi, mm. we found, is that over half the city is on that hill that has no road access. So you you walk, it's a hundred steps up to the hotels and the people who live there. There's one, some access where it's smooth, so you can push a bike or push a cart, but a lot of it is just step access. and. Oh my gosh, we're watching these, you know, 70, 80, 90 year old Obachans, you know, getting home, going up their stairs. No wonder you live in the um,
0: I, I think that might be part of the reason why a lot of the the housing areas um, have kind of been abandoned because there is no road access. It's a little bit more difficult, especially for older people, perhaps who who can't drive right up to their house or or have stuff delivered right to them. Um, Mm -hmm. But so many beautiful old homes, and that falls right into your love of restoring Minka. Now, your experience with travel and setting people up in these kinds of homes, have you had a lot of interest from overseas and people wanting to stay in homes like these?
1: Absolutely, Um, yeah. Definitely, up until now, it's been something people want to do at least for one or two nights of their stay. Um, and I think post-COVID, when travel resumes, that's going to be the direction travel is going to go in. People are going to want to be in their own private, you know, villa. Um, the big, big hotels won't be so appealing for a while. So it's going to be a, a great time. And Julie and I have been so excited to finally have people ask not just. Us talking them into visiting these areas, but people saying, "So where can I take my family where there's not going to be a lot of people?" Um, so from literally from Hokkaido down to Okinawa, there are there are villas and there are houses and there are places to rent, and um, it's really I think going to be a great time for them once Japan reopens. Um, but there have been people doing it all along. There's a beautiful two beautiful villas in rural Nara that we have sent people for years. Uh, called Sasa Yurian. Uh, one's a 300-year-old traditional Minka that the owner completely renovated. And then he became popular and busy. So he built new build, but following completely traditional architectural standards, he built a second one. Um, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. So perfect for luxury clients because he's, he's, he and his family are basically the concierge. Um, But you have your own private gorgeous villa. It's 45 minutes from Nara, a little over an hour from Kyoto, so So that we've been sending people there for years and everyone says it's the highlight, you know, of their trip Um,
0: I think so too, and I I talked to um, Axel Deboru who's doing like peckle peckle box and and slow travel Mm-hmm. And I think they're doing similar things, like re- finding restored minka in the rural areas and setting their clients up there for longer stays. Of course, now during coronavirus, everybody in tourism has kind of been on pause. Um, right. But hopefully this is a good time, like you're using the time to restore <laughs> an old minka. Maybe guests can stay at your place in the
1: future, is that what you're thinking? um friends and family yeah um and if we had clients who were doing like a day tour or an overnight tour of the noto peninsula yeah sure on the way up stop and have some tea and you know meet an american who's renovated dominca. um but no it's it's actually although it looks huge it's not the footprint that you live in is actually not so huge there's no second floor it's just a big roof with some storage up there um so we have essentially one what could be a guest room it's the washitsu where we could put out futons but it's right next to the living room and right next to our bedroom so that's and then we do have a little tiny hanare guest wing that has two little six mat rooms in it but um for the last three years a, a young glass artist has been renting a room in our Kanazawa house and she's actually interested in following us out here, uh, mainly because she's grown very attached to our cats. So I think we might end up renovating those for a private wing for her, just to continue doing her glasswork. work. And uh, so if we didn't do that, if she didn't move out here, we might turn that into a more official guest wing, but my, my husband is not, um, um, he's lovely, he's from Glasgow. Um, but the idea of tending to strangers is not so appealing to him. So, uh, serving them tea, no problem. Walking through the gardens, no problem. Having them complain about the pillow not being soft enough, no, not going to happen.
0: No, I, so, I get it. You want you want it for yourself. You want your own space. And so I've been following your Instagram and all your updates. This is a beautiful house. Um, yeah. Tell it. Tell me about it. How old is it? And.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I think 1905, so about 115 years old. Um, but when we bought it, the timbers, the main beams, which are massive, were are about 300 years old. So the agent told us that, you know, Japanese style, they rebuild every so often and they recycle what materials they can recycle. The naya, the, the barn, um, dates to 1868 as an original property. So that's the oldest existing property building on the property um so as far as we understand from the neighbors this couple in their late 80s um the family that was here was here for many generations um until they just ran out of people that wanted to live in a big old sprawling farmhouse and the two remaining people that are alive are in their 60s and built a modern house up the road so they just were ready to be done with it so yeah. Well, um, I, we were, I'm so
0: excited to talk to you about the renovations, and you've been doing so much of the work yourself, haven't you? It looks like you're doing a lot of it hands-on.
1: Yeah, all of it. My, my husband's a, a master carpenter and joiner, and um, also can do electric and plumbing, and he, he, he does everything. So it's been a few years we we didn't if it hadn't been for the pandemic we would probably still be slowly plugging along on weekends and you know when, when i had some free time but this year has been a gift in, in that respect so for everything we've lost as a in the travel business uh, i think i've gained in having the opportunity to work on the house and so we've probably done more in the last 12 months than we've done in the preceding four years um but it's really coming together finally which is exciting and finally things that you can see because so much of the early work is replacing the floors and redoing the walls and you don't see it people would be asking for updates I'm like, you can't really see what we did it's taken weeks but you can't see any of it um so now finally it's like i made the shoji or i built this cabinet or um it's nice to have some visual uh,
0: I'm, yes. I'm showing pictures from your attic, and uh, we, we found this, too, in buying an old house. Um, mm. How impressed we were, and I've talked to Asby Brown, who's an yeah. expert in carpentry and Japanese traditional techniques, about how right. everything is fitted together without nails, and you discovered yeah. this in your attic, too. It's really impressive.
1: Yeah, I did a post a while ago um, of, like, six joints around the house that are just just traditional Japanese joints, and yeah, there's not a nail. There's not a nail in the original structure of the house. Any of the they had a big renovation in the late 60s, early 70s when they added a, a modern kitchen. Um, and the and they the, what had been an open engawa they turned into a hallway, and that's actually when the hanay was built. So I think at that point there must have been in-laws moved in. The kid, the son, and the wife must have moved in. They needed more space. So that section is, it looks traditional, but it's a more modern build below the surface. But yeah, the main house is pretty solid <laughs> and, and it was so dry. And that's the other thing, it stood here all this time and yet not a leak, no moisture, dry as a bone underneath. Um, and traditional Japanese style, it's just posts sitting on rocks, sitting on dirt. You, know, you look underneath there and you think, my whole house is sitting on these rocks. Um, but it withstands everything, and we have earthquakes here. There was a big one about 10 years ago, but <laughs> seems okay. Knock on wood, it's okay.
0: you did in the attic was to add insulation. Have you noticed yeah. a big difference once you put the insulation down?
1: Huge difference, um, both in winter and summer. So in the winter it certainly keeps all the heat from going out. and in the summer it keeps all the heat from the big tile black tile roof from coming down. And we have big ceiling fans, uh, both in the living room and in the kitchen. So that really makes a difference as well. Um, we're mainly heating with wood. We put in a, um, we did put in a uh, kerosene heater, a uh, permanent one, more to just sort of keep keep it at about uh, 12 degrees I guess that went around 50 uh, Fahrenheit overnight or if we go out of town um, so the cats don't freeze to death (laughs) but uh, basically we plan to heat with wood and um, there's so much wood in this area it's kind of a never-ending resource and I just I love the smell of of wood stove when we lived in Alaska for 14 years and uh, it was only wood heat up there which keeps everything dry too which is nice.
0: I've, I've seen a lot of uh, beautiful, uh, is it steel or iron wood stoves that are in the house and they kind of heat up a big area because of, yeah. they're quite efficient. And if you're lo- using local wood, um, it right. seems like a more sustainable choice too.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And we also learned from a, a friend who's lived here a long time, kind of a Japanese outdoorsman. He makes his own logs out of bamboo. he he lives in a sort of bamboo forest area as well so he'll take the bigger ones and then he'll split smaller ones into pieces stuff them into the sections of the bigger one and it burns like a log so even if we ever were to run out of wood which seems unlikely we also have a big bamboo forest behind us so um i think we'll always have something to burn plus the massive pile of scrap wood from this project yeah Uh,
0: I've, I've a, heard that from a few people in the series talking about remodeling old houses that you usually have quite a lot of scrap wood once you do some remodeling um, and yeah. that'll keep you in wood burning for a while. Now you did yeah. a really interesting comparison talking about renovating versus restoring. So you mm. added, you did a lot of doors work, the sliding fusuma um, and yeah. you added insulation to some, did you?
1: It did, um, yeah, and thank you for making that distinction, too, because we have other friends who have bought old minkas and have literally restored them so they look like they looked, you know, 100 years ago. We wanted to keep the minka looking like a minka, but we want it to be, it's our home, we're going to be living in it, so we want some modern conveniences, we wanted to update some things. Um We both are fans of sort of mixed media where you have wood and metal and stone and glass all kind of working together. So um, we definitely did a lot of that. The kitchen, somewhere in there, there's a picture of the kitchen. The tsuchikabe, the, the clay walls, traditional clay walls, were in really bad shape. And my husband had tried to stucco over them, but they were just crumbling. And we thought originally, well, we could, you know, remix the, the mud and then put on the, the special glue stuff. We could redo it all, but it was also a little bit of a dark room. Sorry, my phone's being so noisy. Um, then he got the idea of putting up tin. So we got the corrugated tin that you would normally use for a house or a roof and put it in the upper area of the kitchen. And it did two things. It, it allowed in a ton of light so now the kitchen feels really light, the light reflects from outside, it reflects from the overhead lights. Um, and it also gives it a kind of retro, modern look, which is kind of interesting because we still have all the heavy beams and we opened up the ceiling so you see the big roof beams, but then you have this contemporary you know, covering on the walls. The floors are traditional, the, the original floors that we pulled up, put down insulation and then put back down again. So it's the original wide plank wooden floors. So it's it's very mixed, uh, the kitchen. The fusuma you're mentioning, yeah, we because our the washitsu, the Japanese room that we're leaving is a Japanese room, butts right against what will be our bedroom. So both for insulation heating-wise, but also for sound, um, I wanted something thicker than a traditional door. So we went. Thank you. Um, my husband. Uh, I went and got uh, like half inch felt in a big roll, a huge roll of this stuff and cut out each little square to fit into the the, the skeleton of the fusima and then I had actually planned to paper it but I got that far and Patrick came in and he's like, oh that looks really cool you should leave it like that It's like, really? And I sort of stepped back from it and I thought it does look kind of cool but I can't just leave it open so we went and got Uh, full sheets of plexiglass and little tiny nails (laughs) nailed the plexiglass over the whole thing so you can actually it it works you can stand in one room or the other and talk in a low voice and you you don't hear whereas with just paper you know you know (laughs) it's uh, so so that'll be nice if we have guests they might feel like they have a little more privacy
0: (laughs) no it's it's gorgeous um, you've done a great job, and I love all the traditional washi you're using to repaper some of the the doors. It's just stunning.
1: It's all from Tokushima, actually. Um, on another one of these off the beaten track research trips, um, Julia and I drove from uh, Kagawa. We we're on our way to Tokushima City, and we went through the Ia Valley and uh, the Awagami. Awagami factory is the Washi place, and they, they have an English website and they ship all over the world, and in one of those weird small world coincidences, we have a couple who's planning to travel to Japan in October, and we were speaking to them by Skype last November, I guess it was, and she's an artist, and she mentioned that some of the paper I work with comes from this little rural place in Japan, and she told us the name of it. We hadn't heard of it at that point, And about a week later, we got this, the Tokushima City invited us to come in and do a two-day inspection tour. Um, So as soon as we mapped it out, we realized we were literally going to drive right past this factory. (laughs) So we went in and mainly to see it for these clients um, until we got into the shop where we spent an hour and a half. If Julia were here, she would say we spent an hour and a half. I, I got a little overwhelmed and uh, there's just so much to choose from so yeah I ended up buying like seven different kinds of washi I didn't have any plan for them at the time I just knew they were gorgeous and I'd find a way to use them
0: well you've, you've yeah. done a beautiful job uh, we have a great comment here from Wendy on Facebook thanks for joining Wendy she says what a great take on a kitchen so clever honoring the original and making it modern and livable yeah, the kitchen oh,
1: restoration is awesome. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, we found an old, a a new retro refrigerator as well. So um, it's small. We're trying to, we try to eat as naturally as possible. So we're trying to. The house we're in now came with a pretty large refrigerator, and it. It's filled with junk, as most people's refrigerant. The more space you have, the more crap you put in there, so we thought if we force ourselves to limit what's actually going in our fridge, um, maybe we will get away from that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the thing.
0: You've really like, opened up um, a lot of natural light by having kind of new windows above, or how did you do that, is that a skylight?
1: Yeah. Patrick put in two things. He put in the one window you can see, and then he he made a new roof out of more of the corrugated, but heavy the heavy plastic corrugated that people use like on their garden sheds. Two layers of that, but for insulation, he's very big on insulation, about six inches of thick bubble wrap. So he basically made a sandwich. <laughs> Um, which also helps with the the rain, the sound of the rain, but it lets in so much light. Um, i don't I don't think I included a before picture of the kitchen, but it was it was not the kitchen. It was where the grandmother had been living. It was the one room she basically lived in. It had an artificial drop ceiling that was, I don't know, maybe a little over six feet high. so everything was hidden. Um, the The kitchen windows were there, of course, but that was it. So other than those windows which face face west but face the forest, so don't get a lot of direct light, it was a dark room. So once we decided to make it the kitchen, we thought, how can we get as much light as possible in here? Um, Uh, When
0: I I talked to Asby Brown most recently, it was on International Women's Day and we were talking Um, about the evolution of Japanese dream house design. And one of the things that always really irritated me about visiting traditional houses was how dark and remote the kitchen was. It was often in the back of the house or in a very dark room. So adding more natural light, making it a more central part of like a social space. I think yeah. it's, it's something I'm so glad to see in the evolution yeah. of design with more modern houses and you you've done a great job.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, we both love to cook, so it's somewhere we want people to be able to hang out if we did have company over, if it's just the two of us, you know, we don't we don't cook that well together, but we can keep each other company while the whichever one of us is doing the cooking. So it's nice to have the um the big counter and we ended up getting the the big counters from Costco, I don't think I included pictures of those either, but when I first bought them, they were like dark, fake wood veneer, um, dark and heavy, and I didn't like that either, so that was an early project, was to you know sand off, blast everything down to the, the light wood, painted all the drawers red, and then just sealed the, the natural wood on top of the countertop, so that also lightened it up quite a bit. Um, made
0: a bit about the Fusuma Wendy has a question what's a story on the Fusuma you're showing Uh, blue on top green on the bottom so there is a great story and you found some interesting paper underneath the Fusuma as well tell us about that
1: Um, yeah so so okay sorry so there's there's so many Fusuma Um, so the if it's the green and the multicolored Fusuma Okay, and yellow and red, or just the one that looks like mountains? Okay, yeah, that's... Okay, so those are the ones that go from the living room into the bedroom. And um, they were built differently than the middle doors that have the grid. Um, They were solid. They had plywood on either side. Um, So the ones that are blue and green are also the same washi, but I tore it into strips, put it into... Uh, showed you paper glue and warm water, and then put it on and scrunched it up and got that feeling and sort of created this mountain sky scene. So that was that set. On the other side of those is just like a plain beige washi, which is inside the bedroom. Um, The ones that go on the other side of the washi leading into the engawa, the, the kind of corridor sunroom, That's where the ones with the writing came from. So I peeled off the old, dirty, off-white, whatever they had, planning to do some more cool washi stuff and found what our friend said was um, calligraphy practice books and some letters and notes, and that's what they had used underneath. And it's just too cool to cover up, so (laughs) I just left that one. Um, And then on the reverse of that is the blue, green, red, yellow, white, Uh, washi, which is what you see as you drive down our driveway, it's glass doors along the front, so you see all these bright colors as you're coming towards the house, so it's kind of a cheerful first sighting of the, the house.
0: And that's all from the washi paper shop in Tokushima, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, awagami, it's all from awagami. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm so glad we stepped in there. Um, yeah, the only washi that is local to Kanazawa is this that I'm placing here in the living room right now. And I think it shows up in a picture or two where it looks like a perimeter of washi and then clear four clear squares in the middle. Um, that washi I got at a shop in Kanazawa. And again, I, I one thing about Japanese houses is they you don't get a view from anywhere even if you're surrounded we have glass doors really on all four sides but left to traditional devices we wouldn't be able to see out any of them they're either smoky or they're cloudy or there's textured glass or it's shoji and you know I, we live in a beautiful place i want to be able to see it all year round so i was thinking how can i maintain the insulation value that you get from shoji but also have a window and came up with the idea of doing the uh, washi is a perimeter, and then again, the thick but flexible um, plastic, like rubberized plastic, covering the whole back. So it, it acts like a window. And one thing I didn't anticipate until it was up was that it looks like the Taisho glass. You know, the, you know, the very early turn of the century glass they made in Japan that's all wavy, and uh, I love that when I see it. That's kind of how this plastic came out looking, so that was kind of a nice bonus. Uh, It lets a ton of light in and any light you see on my face right now is coming through that. So it's the only light right now.
0: Beautiful. Uh, We have a comment from Fres who joined from YouTube. Thanks for joining Frez. says, I like the colors. It's so nice to have color around, even though it's a traditional house, I just find the bright colors really cheer you up, don't you think?
1: Yeah, because it's basically, now that we've stained everything, it's dark, dark brown and white. Is the palette of this house naturally so? Um, we got the sofa, uh, which is really colorful, and then just touches of of color everywhere else we can put it. Um, I don't like as much as I appreciate the aesthetic of say, I'm Amán property. It's not something I want to live in 24-7. I I like color, and Patrick is crazy about color. I mean, it was one of his, like, rules, because the design was pretty much up to me. He's like, just don't make it boring. No beige. Please, no beige. (laughs) Okay.
0: You've kept the original wood floors, but you've uh, buffed it up. Have you added, like, a stain or something? It looks really dark black, very shiny, almost maybe dark brown, you said?
1: Yeah, um, there, it's actually a new floor. Um, this room was all tatami. And underneath it was a, a thin subfloor, but it wasn't in great condition. So um, somewhere in all those pictures, you can see where we actually stripped it down to the original um, beams and joists. Um, we, came, we found an organic uh, termite spray that we treated everything with. And then patrick just started building back up again with a layer of you know the black felt the heavy black paper and then a layer of plywood and then the um, strips then we put in uh, four inch insulation then another layer of plywood and then we laid the floor and this floor was milled just about a mile up the road so it's locally harvested uh, kind of cypress wood and um, milled just up the road and we would have liked wider planks but it's really it's hard to get the wide planks so we settled on a, I think four inch six inch four inch six inch all the way through and then covered it with paper for about three years uh and worked on it so it got it got the hell beaten out of it actually for four years um three and a half years and we finally took off the paper and i had spent i had some extra pieces of it so for about two weeks i was just doing staining tests so mixing different, try this, try this, this. And finally got what I wanted. And then sealers, so same thing. Sealing, sealing, sealing. Finally got what I wanted. And it took, it was about a two-week project. So there are two layers of stain and then two layers of sealer with a couple of days to dry in between each one. But yeah, the result is that it looks like an old floor. So that's gorgeous
0: and it it looks like in one of the original you said replacing main floor originally did it have a irodi like a in inside cooking area in the middle it
1: it did so almost where i'm sitting actually right now kind of the left side of the living room um but it was it was the old one so it was it was crumbled i mean there's it was beyond saving so we toyed with building a new one but again it came back to wanting the house to be functional and just wasn't in a convenient place for how we envision using the living room um so when patrick put in the floor in the end in the little bright like, sun room there he did leave there was a, a smaller one like the kind you'd see for two ceremony size he left and it was in good shape so he left that one um so we have floor that covers it but he we can pull that up, and it has the. We can we have the sand in it, and we can put the pot in it, and so someone could come and do tea ceremony, or we could put a little hibachi there. Um, so that's the only one we kept. Every room had one originally, but mostly they were just you know, eighty-year-old, hundred-year-old condition. And I love them. And if we were running an inn, I probably would have kept one because it would have been such a draw. But for real life, they're not super practical, so.
0: And it often fills the room with smoke, which is not very comfortable to be in, right? Exactly.
1: It was about a three day project cleaning the beams from 100 years of creosote. So, right. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, one really interesting feature, which was also in our house, but I'm really sad that we didn't keep it, is very steep stairs, which underneath is like a, a storage space. Yeah, and we ended up getting rid of ours, and because it was the only stairs, we had to replace the staircase. But uh, you've kept like the the storage bit, and it's gorgeous. Oh, did you get rid of it?
1: No, um, but Patrick just built it like two months ago. Okay, it's all it's all him. Um, Before they just it was just a trap door, and they must have brought a ladder over. And for the last three years, we've had a little step ladder to get up there. But we went around and around with what to do. and Because it's only really a half, sort of a half floor. It's our mezzanine floor. You can stand up. You can stand up. If you're up to six feet tall, you can stand up in it, but there's a huge beam running through it that hits me at about my shoulder. Um, It'll probably be storage and maybe an auxiliary guest room. Um, It'll be really warm because the wood stove chimney goes through it. But we wanted more storage too, and so we started kind of looking for second hand of the step cabinets, the Kaidan Tansu, and we could only find two ultimately. One was in horrible condition, and the other one they wanted $3,000 for, so uh, no. So then Patrick said, I'll I'll just build it. So (laughs) he built it, and then I stained it, so it looked like it had been there forever. That's (laughs) uh,
0: wonderful, and it really is something that looks like it fits with the house. Um, mm. This is something I saw in the Fridale's uh, video about yeah. their their restoration. They had this right. beautiful staircase storage mm-hmm. space. And I'm so sad that we didn't keep ours, at least move it to another part, because it was such a beautiful feature, original wood. So you've done a great job.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he asked me. It's mainly going to be for my office, the, the storage for my office. My office space is just really... a. A desk with a computer on it. Um, so I needed some storage, and that's reasonably close to where I'll be sitting. So most of those cabinets will be my printer, my paper, all the travel brochures I collect, um, and probably the tall closet will be for brooms and sweepers and things like that. So
0: what what works for your lifestyle, and it looks great. I mean, it's just a perfect solution. Um, Frass says, was it easy to find insulation for the floors here? Loving the yeah. openness of the living room. Is it an open concept with kitchen, living, dining?
1: Um, so easy to find insulation. Not super thick insulation. Um, the 4-inch, 10-centimeter was as thick as we could find, but that, that worked for us. Um, that's the styrofo- the um, fiberglass insulation. They also have the styrofoam which we used in some places where we didn't have enough room. The blue board. Um, it's open, fairly open living room, sort of fireplace area, back door area, and the stair thing you were talking about. And then it it bleeds right into the kitchen, and there's also a door to the kitchen through the living room. So it's it's fairly open. You can you can see all the rooms from all the rooms, but it's not completely one big space, um, and the bookshelves too, I think you can see in some photos, sorry, I know they can't, I don't know if you can see behind me, there's bookshelves behind me, they're also built in. Um, originally, those are all fusuma as well. It's actually three small rooms behind me, and then the main living room area, and they all had fusuma on all sides. We have so many doors <laughs> in our storage right now. Um, so we took all of that out, and then built in a full bookshelf, that's what's on the other side of the staircase thing, And then on this side is a half-level bookcase. Um, But again, he used thick, thick wood, and then I stained it. So the idea was that it looked like it had been part of the original house.
0: Gorgeous. And I love a lot of the antique features you've either collected from other places and added Mm. you have these like burgundy red and glass design doors, which you ended up using in front of
1: a closet, it looks like. Yeah, and they matched the house so perfectly. Um, we can't remember where we found those doors. <laughs> it was that long ago, but they were a set of four, narrower than a traditional Japanese doorway side-sized door. Um, just stacked up in the back. We just—they were gorgeous. We knew we'd find a place for them, and then. Um, we didn't think we could use them here for this closet because it's not set up to have sliding and we wanted a closet that opened properly and at first Patrick was hesitant to use them because he, he would have to you know, uh, cut them a little bit and change the shape and the size a little bit and finally we're like, it's our house. These are our doors that we found somewhere. They're gorgeous. If it means putting hinges on them so that they can be part of the house, it's not the end of the world. So, so yeah, now they're right here in the living room looking again like they've been here forever. We really wish we could remember where we got
0: them. But. I love that so much. Uh, Frass mm. says, wow, looks amazing. We have been trying to find houses like this. It has not been easy. Now, Lauren, recently you've been saying you have a few friends who've also gotten minkas and been remodeling, so you have a few friends who are having luck finding a place as well, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, this one we found, excuse me, about, actually, on my 50th birthday, so uh, a little less than five years ago, a friend in Toyama sent me a link. We were not looking for a farmhouse. We thought we wanted to find some, once we decided we were gonna stay in Japan long-term, we wanted to find some land, and Patrick wanted to finally build you know, his conceptual, eco-friendly, self-sustained house that he's been designing in his mind for 20 years. Um, so not looking for a Love them, not looking for one. So my friend Sherry sends this link, and she said, I know you're not looking for it, but isn't this gorgeous? It's only $30,000, and isn't it gorgeous? And the house she sent me was gorgeous. Um, so we figured out where it was and just went to look at it. It was further up the Noto. It was beautiful. Um, it had sustained damage in the big earthquake I mentioned earlier. It would have needed a lot of work. It was about twice the size of this place. Um, had no indoor running water, but it had mountain water. Um, 14 years in Alaska, we had no running water, so. That was not a thing for us. (laughs) The real estate agent was like holding her breath when she said it and when we got excited she was really confused. (laughs) That's usually when people walk away. Um, So we moved ahead on it and then at the last minute it all fell apart through something on their end. Just didn't happen. But by then we were kind of like Minka addicted. So the real estate agent felt so guilty that it had fallen apart that she said, I will find you another one. Took her about three or four months, and she found this place, which is so much better in every way. So, you know, things happen, I think, the way they're supposed to. Um, it's worked out a lot better. But it was through the Akiya Bank, which is the empty empty house bank, I guess, which is all throughout Japan, and it has a website. Um, so several of the friends we we know who are converting found their, their minka through the, the Akiya Bank. So it's a good place to start.
0: we we didn't find one as quite as reasonably priced as yours um but it's you know it's not far out of hiroshima city um Mm. it's even with the remodel even with putting solar panels on um, it is a lot cheaper than a new build would have been plus we have the space that That a new build is not allowed to have, you like they have to build it different. Um, So there's so many advantages to buying an older place and remodeling if you have patience and if you have some skills like you guys, that definitely helps.
1: Yeah, we're two. The friends we know who are doing it are split between friends who have hired in crews to do it and friends who are able to do it themselves, and it makes a big difference financially. If you can do it yourself certainly um and yeah we're lucky this area the houses are very reasonably priced um here we're about 45 45 50 minutes from kanazawa city so it's it's not far from civilization <laughs> um we're sort of right between the city of hakui and the township of uh, shibigaki so you know it's six kilometers one way and 11 kilometers the other way to get to shopping and supermarkets and And of course now with the Internet, there's very little you can't find that can't come right to you. You know, even our hot water heater, our stove, some of the big things we had to buy, we were able to find online and, you know, Patrick installed them. So the world's changed a lot since we lived here in the mid 90s. And I don't think I would have done it back then, but it's easy to do now.
0: I would love to hear about this old office. Cabinet that you renovated. I love this restoration, or not restoration, because you've made it better than it was. Um, <laughs> you buffed down an old cabinet and added paint and tiles. Tell me about that. I love it. Yeah,
1: that I, we just needed something to go in the corner of the kitchen. That will be the where the hot water heater. The hot water, you know, in Japan we all have those hot water dispensers, and then the cats have their drinking fountain, um, and a cabinet to keep all of our tea and coffee, and I just couldn't find anything. We're looking for everything salvage or second hand or thrift stores or antique stores, and um, and Patrick can build anything, and that's always his first, like when I say I want something, he's like, oh, build it. But that list is so long, and I just wanted something. So at an at a office supply, used office supply store, found this old, ugly metal cabinet, um, And yeah used the sander to buff it down painted painted it like seven times (laughs) and we had a a tile retired retired tile contractor in town told us to come and just clean out his storage unit so we have all this tile sitting around and um didn't want to bother patrick to help me cutting things so i just used pieces that would fit like a jigsaw that didn't need any cutting um yeah it came together so that was fun I love Another it. Break.
0: And it adds a, a nice color and it's exactly the size you wanted and you're reusing yeah. the old, you know, thing that nobody wanted. It's just fantastic. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think it was three thousand yen or something, like thirty dollars or something for it. So yeah.
0: have there been other projects around the house that you've you've been really happy with that you've done?
1: Um Yeah, I mean mainly I've been the the Shoji Fusuma Queen, so um, this house literally has no walls. I, we have like a three by six section of wall next to the bed, and a, you know, but it's 90% sliding doors of some kind or another, um, which is going to make it a challenge for hanging art and so forth. Almost all of our art will be above the, the perimeter in all the rooms. Um, so the doors were probably two months of work, getting through everybody. Um, And then the staining was a big thing. The kitchen cabinets were a big thing. And then I got a plaster, which is also something, of course, um, the Wonder Husband can do. So he showed me the basics of it. And, uh, yeah, so green in the bedroom, blue in the Japanese room, and sort of a Tuscan gold in the Engawa. Um, I did all of those. That was fun. Um, You feel that did you feel that the next day but uh, that, that was fun um yeah,
0: yeah did, you, sure. did you find a nice place to get color for the plastering because i did our walls as well orange i found a nice uh company that had colored like natural colors but a bit brighter yeah. it looks like you yeah. found as well
1: same company they mm-hmm. come in little plastic things online and yeah yeah the green came that way the We found one product that comes in a a range of sort of mostly subtle, boring colors, but the green was okay. Um, And then to the others, we just used their cream and added, added the blue. And I wanted the Kanazawa blue originally, which is this really intense aquamarine blue, but after spending $200 in Aquamarine and still ending up with that color, we decided we liked that color and it was going to stay that color. Um, And it does fade.
0: It does fade over time. Um, I did buy some in, in plastic, but it was really bugging me to have all that single use plastic. So I did Mm. find one company that would ship it already mixed. Um, In a box, so there was just one plastic bag that it came in. Um, So I think if you search around or mix your own, if you're handy, um, you can save on all the the plastic packaging. You've also been restoring these beautiful wooden trunks.
1: Uh, Yeah, the nagamochi, the, the traditional storage trunks. Yeah, the house came with four of them in different sizes and shapes. Um, so one I did recently is sort of a medium sized one, probably four feet by two and a half feet. And um, yeah, just um, excuse me, just uh, cleaned it up and then uh, linseed oil, covered it all in linseed oil. So that'll be, it sits right in the bedroom so it'll be probably where we keep the bedding. And uh, Japanese houses tend to be short on closets. Um, so yeah those trunks will come in handy.
0: (coughs) Oh, bless you. And it looks like the the picture I'm showing, it has a beautiful circular window behind it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous.
1: Patrick built that too. So that space was actually where the Butsudan was originally. What's now our bedroom used to be there, part of their traditional Japanese room. So there was a huge Butsudan that they took. So it was just an alcove. And uh, I've always loved round windows. And I was on one of my trips a couple years ago. I was gone for about 10 days. So while I was gone, he put in that window. Um, the The glass is actually from a coffee table that he found at a secondhand store. <laughs> and he just framed it in and plastered it in. And then we found uh, at another antique store perfect shoji windows that cover it, fit it perfectly. So that was nice. Wow. That was just sort of everything came together. Ah, um,
0: it's so beautiful. Uh, Maybe another service that you can offer is helping people find pieces for their minka restorations. (laughs) You guys are so good at it. You found so many and built so many beautiful pieces. Amazing.
1: Yeah, we're both kind of something we've had in common since we met is secondhand store scavenging. It's definitely Patrick's favorite hobby like if he gets a day off he'll just take off in the truck and do the rounds Um, whenever we go anywhere we're just down visiting friends in takamatsu and um, we told her that we would probably like to do that so her father's retired so she kind of gave him the task of tracking down all the cool shops and we found some great stuff down there i mean we found like what my desk will be is an old um Japanese sewing machine, the, the old traditional iron treadle table, so the we'll just put wood on top and that will be the basis for my desk, so it fits quite well with the feel of the house. The, the seat's an old uh, single-seat piano bench, so it's sort of this old heavy-duty wood with this old velvet seat, and then it lifts up and it has storage inside. Um, those both came from Takamatsu. One of the sheep that I mentioned earlier came from Takamatsu. So yeah, we've just been, over the years, collecting things. Uh, It's the beauty of having storage, not always knowing where they were gonna end up, but liking them and figuring we'll incorporate them. It Uh, looks like
0: you're putting putting down wood tiling on the floor of the bathroom as well.
1: That was, um, no, the bathroom, right. Those are um, teak 12 by 12s we originally were gonna tile, but there's no way to retro-subheat the floor, so I was like, oh, bathroom floor is gonna be freezing. Um, so then we saw those at a home center. They're meant for an outdoor deck or like to put on your patio or something, but they fit together really nicely in this way. You're standing on wood when you're taking your shower. Um, so the only thing we kept in the bathroom was the original tub, which was this crazy blue uh, resin kind of, we just it's fun um so we decided to keep it and then just modernize the bath around it um, with yeah, tile. It, and it yeah.
0: doesn't look bad it doesn't look like a bad tub um typically in japanese houses it's the deep but very uh sh- i don't want to not narrow not shallow short short, short bath but uh, deep right so, um you know it's, but the, it, the, it doesn't look too bad it, it's and it's such a cool, like 70s, 80s, teal color. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, so we decided just to keep that. And um, we've lived with a similar bathroom in our rental house in Kanazawa for all these years, so we're very used to it. And it's nice because the water does come up to your chin. It's deep enough that you can't stretch out, but you are fully immersed, which is also really nice too. Um, yeah. And That's down awesome. the road, we'll probably build a sauna uh, at some point and Patrick wants to build an outdoor brick oven uh, oh nice
0: so. yeah we've, Down- we've visited uh, a great like restored old farmhouse uh, outside Hiroshima and they sure. did an outdoor pizza oven and they've yeah. done some really nice like antique work inside as well I think uh- if you if you have an eye for it and you have patience to do some of the work yourself, you can really right. create such a beautiful space that you want to live in. Or, mm. you know, if you want to rent it out, it's a great business venture as well.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the, the local town wants us to do that. And in fact, part of the licensing paperwork process to get this place because the land had was originally agriculture and uh, they, they had us mark out, parking for eight cars Um, but then last year somebody told us that actually if you actually do grow anything you're okay you don't need to even be selling it you just need to be using it for agriculture and I would always wanted to start a garden so that's when I started last year again with the with the pandemic I had time so I just kind of dove full, <laughs> full full, into to putting in a, a big sprawling organic garden. So now the, the city's happy, like, oh, you're growing food. Great, you know, um, and I got totally addicted to gardening and I've never grown anything. But it's been so much fun and we have the land for it. Um, so i'm excited it's garden season again so i can get
0: out (laughs) yeah i you've inspired me i need to get out there we have some great uh local farmers that we source from like thomas who you visited in onimichi area um but it's definitely it's wonderful to just grow some of your own and just pick some tomatoes from your garden have some basil from the garden for dinner it's just magical right
1: Yeah, we actually ate from the garden for probably five months last year. And actually, we ate the last... We're eating the last squash tonight. Like, I was able to... The squash lasted for a good six months, the butternut squash and whatnot. They were just starting to get to the point where they needed, we had about 10 left that I just chopped up and froze and I've been using them in soups and the last one is going in a soup tonight. So I'm thinking, wow, it's like nine months that this garden fed us um, carrots and beaks and onions.
0: Wow, well done. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining. That is our hour. And uh. I I am sure that your passion for renovating old houses is definitely something that informs you in how you can set people up for great stays in Japan mm. and around rural areas as well, because you have that inside knowledge and all those great stories about how you remodeled things yourselves. So that's such oh. a great way to then set up great stays for people right. visiting from the outside who want to stay in places like that. And I hope we see more and more of these. These are really exciting.
1: I think we will. It seems to be the direction. So yeah, thank thank you. you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was great, haven't you? Your travel insights, um, but also your Minka restoration insights. Good luck with the project. still.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We're looking forward to living here.
0: Yeah. So anyone who wants to keep up with your travel insights and your restoration projects have a look at nippon discovery on instagram is that the best way for them to keep up with it
1: yeah right traditionally it's all japan travel but this year of course there's been not that much of it so it's a balance between the the minka the gardening and the traveling yeah
0: wonderful and then hopefully next time you're in the hiroshima area we can meet up for a coffee or a walk or something
1: absolutely julia and i both we feel like we just scratched the surface so we will definitely be back down there
0: wonderful and i'd love to come visit your minka too someday anytime anytime well thank you so much and thank you everybody for joining and for your great comments and questions today uh we don't have a talk tomorrow but on friday Um, I'm talking to New Zealand guide who's based in Auckland, Louise Puppy, and we're going to talk about sustainable travel options in New Zealand and how they might inspire some more sustainable travel ideas for Japan. So kind of a new kind of talk we're trying on Friday. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode today if you want to learn more about the work that I do have a look at inboundambassador.com you can also sponsor the work that I'm doing on the youtube channel patreon buy me a coffee coffee or haps have a great day